there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. We've all heard the mantra, we're not conscious, we don't remember ourselves, we can't do. We imagine that we're conscious in all that we think, feel, and do. Should I add here and say? Well, yes, I said that consciously, but every once in a while something comes out and we go, oh, I didn't mean to say that. That was unconscious. That was a, what do they call that? A Freudian slip. You know, you mean to say one thing, but you say something else. And what Freud said was, no, that's what you really meant to say, but it just slipped out. So yeah, we've all heard that mantra. We're not conscious. We don't remember ourselves. We can't do. We imagine that we're conscious in all we think, feel, do, and say. Oddly, with that work mantra drummed into us, boom, 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 hear it over and over and over again with spaced repetition. Oddly, we actually can remember ourselves. Oddly, we actually remember ourselves all the time. The problem is which self we're remembering. The problem is that the self that we're remembering never existed. We're remembering something that isn't, but we're remembering it as if it actually was, as if it actually still existed. It takes a little bit of effort, not much, to verify this. Which self is remembered? Unfortunately, it's negative self-remembering, not what the work calls proper self-remembering. Now this may take a little more explanation, or it may not. If it doesn't take any more explanation, you're free to go. If it does take some more explanation, you're free to stay. It's up to you. Do whatever you're free to do. This work has an aim. The aim of this work is to raise your consciousness. The purpose of raising your consciousness is so that you can change the level of your being. Your current level of being, our current level of being, is characterized, this work says, by a state of sleep. Sleep is good. We all love sleep. Think about sleep. Think about your bed. Think about getting to the end of your day and getting to your own bed, your own side of the bed, your own spot on the bed, under your covers, with your head on your pillow. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Sleep is so glorious. But that's not the sleep that the work's talking about. The sleep that the work is talking about is the sleep that we are in when we get out of our bed, when we take our head off of our pillow, when we throw the covers off our covers off of our body, and we put our feet on the floor and start walking around in pretty much the same state. The only difference is when you're dreaming on your bed, you can fly and walk through walls. When you're dreaming as you're walking around and you walk into a wall, it hurts. You don't get through it. When you jump up in the air, you always come back down at the exact same velocity, 32 feet per second per second. Now, since you can't verify that unless you jump from somewhere higher, and I suggest you don't, just take 
the devices that have measured that, the velocity of a falling object under our gravitational pull, the gravitational pull of this planet is 32 feet per second per second. And then it reaches a maximum velocity and it can't go any further. It can't go any faster than that. Take that as a theoretical given. Theoretically, that makes a lot of sense. I think I can live with that. I think I can live my life with that. Even though I don't know that jumping off the Empire State Building really will cause that velocity in my, in my body. And that when I make the sudden stop, it really will end my existence, or at least the existence of my body. You don't have to do that to verify that. There are other ways to verify that. But some people go whole hog. So this work has an aim. The aim is to raise our consciousness in order to change our level of being because our current level of being is characterized by a state of sleep. The remedy for this state of sleep is called consciousness. In the work, it is also called light. If people were a little more conscious, outer life would change dramatically. Let's say it's raining. Southern California, it's raining. The streets are slick. Did you notice when you were driving this morning that the streets were slick? No, no. You didn't notice that. Why? Because I wasn't conscious. Because one of the things that we do, incredibly unconsciously, is drive. That's how come we can drive somewhere, get there and go, oh, this isn't where I wanted to be. I caught Tammy doing that the other day. She stopped her car, turned around, and headed back. She was going to the same place I was going. She went in a different direction. And she remembered herself when she got past where she was supposed to be. Oh, this isn't where I want to be. And she had to go back. The point is, we're unconscious. We're in this state of sleep, but we're imagining this whole time that we are conscious. So the work says, like the Bible says, calls consciousness light. Some have a little more light, some have a little less light. Some have a little more consciousness, some people have a little less consciousness. Our level of being, which is determined by our consciousness, attracts what belongs to it. So our level of being attracts what belongs to it. Another way of looking at this is water seeks its own level. If you have uh, one of those pan flutes, let's say made of glass, and you pour water into one of the tubes, that water will not fill up that tube. If they're connected at the bottom, the water will raise in all the tubes at the same time together until it reaches an obstruction or until one of the tubes is shorter than the other and the water will start coming out there and the water will never go any higher than the lowest tube. Water seeks its own level. Our being attracts what belongs to it in the same way. What happens to us, our being attracted. Everything that happens to us, our being attracted. If you want to change your, the things that are happening to you, you have to change your level of being. In order to change your level of being, you need to be more conscious or less conscious. So if Things that are happening to you are what you want to happen to you. You're probably very conscious. The only way to change that is to become less conscious. All of us have been more conscious, and all of us have been less conscious. And when we have been more conscious, we find that we have been less conscious more often. In other words, it's always easier when we fall. So let's say we're walking along and we trip. We never fall up in consciousness. We only fall down in consciousness. So it's easier to be less conscious than it is to be more conscious here on this planet. On other planets, it may not be that way. Under different orders of laws, it may not be that way. Theoretically, under fewer laws, it is easier 
to raise your level of being. It is easier to be conscious. Just in the same way that it's easier to hear a symphony if you're sitting in a symphony hall and you have ears and they work and they're unobstructed and there's a symphony being played. It's easier to hear the symphony than it is to hear the symphony when you're working on a jackhammer in the middle of the street in New York City with cars going by at rush hour and there's a symphony being played in the symphony hall down the road. Negative self-remembering isn't a conscious act. To change our level of being, we must get more light. To get more light means to become more conscious. Negative self-remembering isn't a conscious act. Well, then what kind of an act is it if it's not conscious? What's the other kind? Unconscious. Well, mechanical. unconscious, but see, unconscious, you wouldn't even know anything about it. It's mechanical. It's happening, and you think you're doing it. You imagine that you're doing it, when in fact, you're not doing it at all. It's doing you. But given the way we hold ourselves in our own minds, given the way we imagine ourselves, given the picture of ourselves that we have, given where we place our feeling of I, it's easier for us to imagine something than it is to be something. And we always take the line of least resistance because that's the mechanical thing to do. Just like when you drop a ball, it falls toward the floor and not toward the ceiling. Here, in our reality, on this planet, under our gravitational system, our system of gravity. On the moon, it's different. It does fall to the ground on the moon as well, but it bounces higher. And it probably falls at a different rate, velocity, not 32 feet per second per second. I don't know that for sure, but that's what I imagine. And it works for now. So negative self-remembering isn't a conscious act. It's a mechanical self-remembering. Self-remembering must eventually become conscious if we are to raise our level of being. If we're going to raise our level of being, why would anyone want to raise their level of being? Well, just in case you don't like the kind of things that are happening to you in life. But if you like the things that are happening to you in life, don't change a thing. Is that possible? Well, I don't know, but try. Try not to change a thing. How do you not change a thing? Don't make any effort. Everything will just change automatically. And since your level of being is attracting what belongs to it, everything will automatically happen and you'll automatically attract what belongs to your level of being. So you won't have to change a thing. But the instant you start making conscious effort, the consciousness changes, starts to change your level of being, and then things will change in your life. You'll start, your new level of being will start to attract different things. Well, that's good, isn't it? That depends. It's good if you say it's good, and if you don't base what it's attracting, so if you, if you say, so let's say that it attracts, let's say that your current level of being attracts $20 bills. Just $20 bills, everywhere you go, $20 bills just pop up and jump in your pocket or get on your hand. Or every time you look down, you find a $20 bill. And let's say you change your level of being. You get more conscious. You become conscious that there are like $50 bills. And then suddenly you notice that your level of being is no longer attracting $20 bills. But it's not attracting $50 bills either. So you look all over for a $50 bill and you don't find any $20 bills because your level of being has changed. And you go, oh, well, this isn't good. I want to think I'm going to change back to the old level of being. I'm going to be unconscious for a while. So you get less conscious and you get back to the $20 level of being. And there are $20 everywhere, $20 bills everywhere. If you're going to make it about what it is your level of being is attracting rather than where you want to be, you're never going to get there. Unless where you are 
you want to be, whatever that is. Oh, I know. I can see the looks on your faces. He's really gone off his rails this time. Let's take a couple of examples because we've gotten a little too airy-fairy. Remembering internal accounts that were made in the past, that's self-remembering. So if you can remember what your husband owes you, you are remembering yourself. Would you agree? Which self are you remembering? That I'm owed. That you're owed. So the I'm owed self, you're remembering the I'm owed self. You're remembering some self that isn't here now necessarily, but you, you, you can dredge up. So you're remembering some negative self. So that's negative self-remembering. You're remembering what you're owed. So how easy can you remember yourself? Very easily when it comes to that, she says. Okay, let's take another one. How about what you used to look like 15 years ago? Can you remember that? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And can you stand in a mirror now and look at, see what you look like? Mm -hmm. Does it look like that? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty easy too, right? But which do you do more often? Uh, I think back of what I used to look like quite a bit. Yeah, but which do you do more often? Oh, think of what I you look like or think of what you're owed? Think of what I'm owed. Yeah, that's right. That's what we do more often. We internally consider a lot more often. Do you know why? It's more pleasant. But looking in the mirror and seeing what we look like now and what we used to look like, that's not so pleasant. So we don't do that so often. We only do that when we're forced. We walk by the mirror and go, oh, my God, what was that? was that person in the mirror? We're all freaked out about it. Oh, that's, what happened? Didn't they used to be perky? <laughs> that didn't, gravity, gravity's it's more than 32 feet per second per second. Look what gravity's done to me. You look at your face, you know, and just like, what happened? That's why people, see, naturally, as we get older, our eyes begin to fail. And spectacles are an invention of the devil. Because when you can see what you actually look like, you become very unhappy. Because you can no longer pretend that you look like something else. So take the glasses off. The world suddenly looks softer, more beautiful, glowier. So remembering internal accounts that were made in the past, what people owe us, is negative self-remembering. Which selves are you remembering? Well, you're remembering negative selves or negative eyes. Let's take another example. People feel they're no good. People in general feel they're no good. But unfortunately, they don't see that as a negative thing. They see that as a good thing. It's good to feel no good because then you're being humble. Pride and vanity isn't taking you over. Naturally, the worse you feel, the better you are. I feel really awful. Well, you must be really good because you don't have any pride or vanity if you're no good at all. But you see, the point is feeling no good, this is negative self-remembering and it leads nowhere. It doesn't increase your consciousness. It doesn't expand your awareness of anything in the work sense. It's negative self-remembering. Negative self-remembering does not change your level of being in the direction that you wish to go. I take it that if you're looking at this work, if you're pretending to do it, which of course, if you're listening to my voice, you're pretending to do this work. And if you think that you are doing this work, God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. It's like you have to see how you don't do it. You can't see how you do it because that goes right to imagination. That goes right to pride. That goes right to vanity. That goes right to false personality. You have to continually be seeing how you don't do it. But we can't do that because it destroys our image of ourselves. 
as these hardworking, nose to the grindstone. Oh, there's a scab on the end of the nose again. Hardworking, nose to the grindstone. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I think I can. I think I can. Woo-woo. It gives us that. It feeds that. And that really takes us in the opposite direction. Real self-remembering is trying to remember something you are not. Real self-remembering is not remembering what you know, what you've known, past accounts, you're, not, you're no good or whatever. Real self-remembering is trying to remember something that you are not. Because whatever you can remember that you were, that's the wrong direction. <laughs> Do you see that you have to go the other direction? You have to go to the direction of the unknown. Where you want to be isn't where you have been. It's where you want to be, and you don't know what that is. This is why I've said so many times, get comfortable with not knowing. Just get comfortable with it, you know? Just put it on like a, like a, a sweatsuit, you know, or jammies or whatever that you really feel comfortable with. Put it on like that and just get into it. Accept it, in other words, accept it. Let it embrace you and embrace it. I don't know. I don't know, and it's okay not to know. In fact, it's good not to know. Not knowing is fine. I'm okay with not knowing. Because where I want to live, I don't know where that is. Who I want to be, I don't know who that is. What I want to remember is something that I'm not, not something that I was. So real self-remembering is trying to remember something you are not. It all begins with some work idea. For example, try to remember your work aim. Of course, without some work memory built up by real self-observation, you won't be able to have a work aim. You can have my work aim, but what good is that? That's like my shoes. If that doesn't fit you, you're going to be very unhappy in my shoes. You'll either walk out of them, or you won't be able to get them on. They'll hurt, they'll bind, they'll give you blisters. It won't work. See, you can't wear my understanding. You do understand that I'm not talking about my shoes. I'm talking about my understanding. And you all try to get in Daddy's understanding. You all try to wear Daddy's shoes. You're like the little kids standing in front of the mirror, all playing dress-up. Oh, I put on Daddy's shoes. Oh, Daddy took off his shoes. Now I can take off my shoes. Oh, this was so funny. Yesterday, was it yesterday? Um, we were talking about the, some exercise that we were doing. And I had written down in this exercise, I'm not doing this, I quit. And somebody in, the, in our group said, and I said, well, okay, what do you all have about the exercise? And somebody said, well, well, when you quit, I figured I didn't have to do it. And you see, the funny thing about this person is all the time she stumbles around in life, she's stumbling around because she's wearing my shoes. And they're not her shoes. And they don't fit her. And so she never gets anywhere. She just walks and walks and walks and walks and walks and never gets anywhere. Why is that? Well, because the shoes are too big for her. She can't wear them. And they give her blisters, horrible blisters, all over her feet. And when she has blisters, guess what? She can't walk. She cannot walk around inside of herself because she's not wearing her own shoes. She's wearing my shoes, not her shoes. This is one of the big dangers having a teacher. You think that because you have the teacher, you have the right to wear the teacher's shoes. But you don't. You can't. You can only wear your own shoes. But you don't like your shoes and you want somebody else's shoes, and you want them now. That's negative self-remembering. Remembering what you are, comparing it to what someone else, you imagine someone else is, and then putting that on. So what have you really put on? Imaginary shoes. Well, I'll tell you what, if you walk across fire wearing imaginary shoes, 
your feet are going to get burnt. If you walk across thorns wearing imaginary shoes, those thorns are going to stick your feet. Get out of the imaginary shoes, people. Get into your own shoes. They may not be very good shoes, but they're real shoes, and they're the best shoes you've got, and they're the shoes you've got to walk in. If you want better shoes, I've got leather, good leather, that I can sell you so that you can make your own shoes. But stop stealing mine. If you've observed recurring negative emotions, your aim then becomes not to express them in a specific situation. So this is connecting up work memory, self-observation, in order to get a work aim. That's what we're doing now. We're talking about a work aim. If you want a work aim, don't take mine. Don't put on my shoes. Make your own. How? Well, first of all, buy some good leather. Well, where do you get that? I've sold you plenty of good leather. So you've got the good leather. Now what you need to do is start working with it. What does that mean? It means start to observe yourself. Walk around inside of yourself with that leather on. Walk around inside yourself and look around. And remember, you get, you're trying to make new shoes now. So you want to look sincerely. You want to look genuinely. You want to look at what's actually there. And you want to be separated from it. You don't want to identify with it. So you walk around inside of yourself and you see what you can see. And you make note of it. You remember it. You start to build work memory. And you notice that when you get to this certain alley down this certain street behind that certain house, there's a dog out there. And every darn time you walk by, that dog comes out and tries to bite you. And you have to run away. Sometimes you don't make it. Tears your pants. Tears a chunk out of your butt. Gets hold of your leg. Tears off one of your shoes. One time it got your hand. Cut your finger. So it's like... And I don't want to go anywhere near that dog. So you start to avoid that street. You avoid that dog. You avoid that alley. You avoid that house. That's work memory. And you learn not to go down that street. Because every time you do, there's a negative emotion waiting for you. And it gets hold of you. And it harms you in some way. So you say, I've had it with that negative emotion. But at first, we just have to remember where it is. That's the first thing. Then the next thing, we notice it. That negative emotion recurs. It's right there all the time. It's there. It's there. There it is. And then we say, I don't want to go down there anymore. And first we have to find a specific situation, first outwardly. We find that outwardly, there's something that we do that takes us internally to that little alley where that little dog is. But it happens to be going to work. You know, and your boss is the one that pulls the chain on the dog. So you say, okay, well, that's it. I'm, I'm going to quit my job. No. What you do is you notice that that is the outward thing that triggers the inner event. And at first, you try and stay away from it, but you can't stay away from it because it's your boss and you've got to go to work and earn a living. And that's a good thing because it keeps putting you in the situation. So you have to internally separate from it. You take it a step further. You say, well, then I'm not going to let my boss have that effect on me internally. Well, how can I do that? And that's where the work ideas come in. We start later in the intellectual and emotional centers, and we decide to separate from whatever it is intellectually and emotionally that is funneling us into that little alley internally where the dog's waiting. You get it? So your boss may say, late again? And if you're late, you go, yeah. And he says, well, I told you, if you're, gonna, you're late again, you're going to be fired. But the next time you decide, well, I'm going to do it differently. You go up to your boss, you knock on the door, he opens the door, and you say, I'm late again. And your boss goes, huh? I'm late again. I just wanted to tell you. I'm going to get to work. I'm also going to stay 15 minutes after and work extra on my own time to make up for the time I missed this morning. And your boss says, where is 
Jess, and what have you done with his body? Because you're acting differently. And this is what self-remembering can do and work memory can do. It's becoming responsible in your intellectual center, in your emotional center, and therefore in your internal alleys where the little dogs are waiting to bite you. The formation of deputy steward is not so far away as we think. This work can become so tedious. We're so, you're not awake, you're asleep, you're not one, you're many. Blah, blah. We hear it over and over and over and over again. But we let it beat us down instead of lift us up. And the purpose of it is not to beat us down. The purpose of it is to lift us up. Once upon a time, there was this farmer in Missouri. Missouri is the show-me state, for those of you who don't know. And it's known for its mules that are stubborn. And there was, farmer had this old mule, and the mule was just so stubborn, he was getting ready to shoot it. He just couldn't deal with this mule anymore. And one day, the mule was walking along and fell in a hole. The farmer had forgotten to fill up, or hadn't filled up. He'd been meaning to fill up. And the mule was stuck down there. Farmer came and looked, and couldn't figure out a way to get the mule out, because the mule was so heavy. He said, well, I'm going to get rid of this mule anyway, and i got to fill up this hole anyway. So I'm just going to fill up the hole and bury the mule. Kill two birds with one stone. So the farmer starts to shovel the dirt down onto the mule. But the mule, dirt lands on the mule's back. The mule just shakes the dirt, shakes it off his back, stamps it underfoot. The farmer just kept on shoveling, filling up the hole. And the mule just kept on shaking the dirt off its back, stamping it underfoot. Shaking it off its back, stamping it underfoot. Till finally the farmer threw the last shovel full on and the mule walked out on solid ground. That's what this work is supposed to do. That's what you can't remember yourself. You don't remember yourself. We're not conscious. We can't do. That's what it's supposed to do. When that dirt is thrown down on you, you're supposed to shake it off your back, stamp it underfoot, and raise your consciousness, raise your level of being until you can walk out of that hole. You get it? That's what this is for. If you're doing it some other way, if you're making dirt sandwiches, if you're making mud tea and drinking that and eating that, you got that all wrong. If you, you, you can feel that in your teeth, if you can taste the mud and taste the dirt, you're not doing with it what it's supposed to be done with it. You get it? Cool. That was a good example. You should be so happy that I come up with good examples. I know I am. The formation of Deputy Stewart is not so far away. Begin by electing some eyes that understand some work ideas better than the rest of the eyes. There's some eyes in you that understand these work ideas better than the rest of the eyes. So elect those eyes. Say, okay, you are the eyes that I'm going to put in charge. You're the eyes that are going to be in charge. You start making decisions around here now. Remembering is about remembering those eyes. Instead of remembering the little internal account keeping eyes, the little negative eyes, start to remember those eyes that have some connection with the work. Start to remember those eyes. So your self-remembering then becomes about remembering those eyes instead of all the negative eyes. The negative eyes will still be there. And trust me, when you stop remembering them, they will send you cards. They will send you <laughs> notes in the mail. They will come knocking on your door. They will light bags of Manures. manure on your door and knock on the door and have you come out and stomp it out. And then they'll sit back there and go, hey, we got him now. He hates to have that on his shoes. And he'll take his shoes off. And then we'll have him barefoot right where we want him. So, start to remember the work guys that you've put in charge. Call them Deputy Steward. And their job will be to awaken you when you find yourself in a negative state. You'll find yourself mulling over what he owes you. 
And they'll come along and go, hey, remember me? And you go, oh, yeah, yeah. You're the ones that I elected to wake me up. Thank you so much. I don't want that. I want what you've got. Let's go that way. Let's take a walk together. Let's walk out of this neighborhood where the little barky, yippy dog is that bites me every time I go down that alley. Let's get out of there. Good. Go with them. Go with those eyes. You elected them. You can trust them. They know a little bit more about the work than that negative eye that's always remembering what he owes you. Eventually, steward, which is much higher than deputy steward, will begin to appear and help you from above. It's true. But don't believe me. Try it yourself. Prove it to yourself. It really is true. Real eye, which we can only contact by paying for the connection, appears and we will remember ourselves in the work sense. When real eye appears, but right now all we can do is every once in a while have a flash of real eye. When I say every once in a while, I mean every 200 years. Have a flash of real eye. We can't get to real eye. Real eye won't appear unless we can pay the charge. We've got to pay the fee, but we're not willing to pay the fee. We want to do an end run around the ticket booth. We want to jump the turnstile. We want, to, we want to get there without paying, but there is no way to do that. You find yourself right back where you started and maybe a little further back. Now we must start with inner separation and selecting better, slightly higher eyes with whom we can go. We need to start where we are. Where we are is, this is where we are. So we know we have negative self-remembering. We know that we can do that. We know that we can do that with regularity, with monotonous regularity. But let's see if we can elect a deputy steward a group of eyes that will wake us up when we drift off into the negative parts of ourselves. And let's see if we can choose to go with them, maybe just a little way, and then go fall back to the negative states again. But we go with them, they wake us up, and we go with them just a little way more. And each time we only make it maybe just a couple of inches more, but each time we make it a little bit further. And then we start to get stronger, and we start to get better shoes, and we start to make better choices, and we make better friends, better eyes that have better understanding, the only thing we can sacrifice is our suffering. Sacrifice our suffering? Did he say sacrifice our suffering? Oh, well, I'm all for that. <laughs> Let's sacrifice our suffering. That's a great idea. Okay. Tell you what, you sacrifice your suffering about what he owes you. Oh, but wait a second, then he wouldn't owe it to me anymore. Right. You sacrifice that. Oh, well, but he owes me a lot. I'm not canceling that debt. Do you have any idea how much he owes me? Do you, do you know the interest on that? Do you know how, how long he's owed me that? No way. No way. Okay, then don't sacrifice your suffering. Well, you didn't say anything about sacrificing that. Well, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's your suffering. Oh, but that doesn't feel like suffering. Mm, that feels like what's owed me. <laughs> I don't want to sacrifice what's owed me. Suffering is owed you. That's what you have to sacrifice. Oh, no. There's, there's the hook. He did it again. The hook. The hook. <laughs> we can't become conscious of anything in us while we identify with it. Any more than Patty could lift that chair she was standing on. Becoming conscious of forms of suffering, internal considering, negative states, means that they are no longer I. Becoming conscious of them means they are no longer I. When you can look at what he owes you and say, that's what it thinks he owes it. I don't want any part of that. I'm going with these other eyes instead. Let you eyes handle that down in the dark alleys of life. That's not where I want to live. I'm moving on up to a better neighborhood. When my feeling of I changes, my feeling of myself will change. When I don't feel negative, my feeling of myself changes. That is the V8 you could have had. That's the one. You just had it. When my feeling of I changes, my feeling about myself changes. When my feeling about myself changes, my feeling of myself will change. Well, how will it change? Well, it just changes. 
When you start to see yourself differently, when you start to feel yourself differently, you are different. This is transformation. This is the caterpillar turning into the butterfly a little bit at a time. This is what it's about, people. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. But we have to make it hard so that false personality can feel all proud and puffed up and vain and strut around with the, with the limelight shining on itself. <laughs> See how hard that was? And I did it. And there you are, stuck again. It's really not that hard. False personality makes it out to be hard because it doesn't really want to do it. But let it do what it wants to do. You just separate yourself from that and go with the better eyes. So when my feeling of I changes, my feeling of myself will change. Then I'll be begin the transformation process. We're now in the work. A real form of self-remembering is now available to us. When? Right now. Right now, this different feeling of I that you have right now, by just having this realization, by just seeing that, this different feeling of I, this slightly uplifted feeling, you feel slightly uplifted? That's a different feeling of I. That different feeling of I is the beginning. That's part of the transformation process. You're transforming. It's happening. You're doing it now. It's happening. It's not that hard. It takes a while, but it's not that hard. And what else have you got to do? Gurdjieff said, we have to learn how to walk. In order to walk, it's necessary to have good shoes. Of course, he was talking about walking in oneself, avoiding dangerous places. The little alley with the little dog. All real self-remembering is really forgetting your ordinary self. Ha Look at how easy it is for you to forget things. I mean, you forget things all the time. You forget to remember yourself. You forget to do the exercise. You forget what day it is. You forget it's the morning. You forget to go to work. You forget to do this. You forget to do that. You forgot to put the beans on. You forgot to turn them off. You forgot to do this. You forgot to do that. Look at how easy it is to forget. It's the easiest thing in the world. Okay, great. Now forget yourself. Forget you. That's all. That's all you have to do. All real self-remembering is really forgetting your ordinary self. The negative eyes, the internal considering. Forget it. Just forget all that stuff. Start fresh. Some state of you exists above this state in which we ordinarily live. There is some state of you that actually exists right now. Real I of you actually really does exist right now above you. You can't see it for the clouds, but it's there. It's there, and right now it is influencing you. Right now it is reaching out to you, but you have to reach up to it, too, at the same time. You need to be shaken off the dirt and stamping it underfoot and raising yourself up a little bit closer to real I. We must separate from false personality deliberately at some moment each day, not accidentally. It happens accidentally many times during a day, but you need to do it deliberately at least once a day. Eventually, we will meet real I, which is waiting above us. This is our real aim. This is what the work aims at, and it can do it. The linchpin of this work is the practical application of the ideas shared in the podcasts. If you'll go to solidrockvista.com to the thoughts page, I've written a number of articles that will help you to practice the principles that we're sharing with you in the podcasts.